0: Go ahead and open up your Bibles to Joshua chapter 4 and just to kind of front load what we're doing today. So um, we're in another year, right? 2022. So we made it. Yeah. Now, uh, last year, I remember sitting here saying, you know, as we did this similar thing that we're doing today, this day of remembrance thing, and like that was the craziest year <laughs> I think I've ever lived through. And it would be hard to top as far as being crazy. But I would say that this last year was even crazier than the year before. Would you guys agree? Or are you just like, nothing surprises me anymore. I'm just <laughs> tapped out. I'm just waiting for Jesus to come back. You know, there there can be that frame of mind too. But having said that, yeah, it it, it was a crazy year. And I think for those of us that, you know, like we, we know what the Bible says about how things are going to be as we get closer to Jesus's return. This is one of the reasons why we spent, like, once a month, we do a Bible prophecy update, and we just recently went through Revelation. You can find those teachings on, on our uh, YouTube page. Um, but, like, we want to be... Uh, we want to know what God's Word says about the events that are leading up to Jesus's return because he said we'd recognize the season. We don't know when he's going to come back. We don't know when the church is going to be raptured, but we know... We, we recognize the season and we definitely are recognizing the signs of the season, right? And they're compared to those signs like birth pains, like they're going to grow stronger and stronger and we see those things happening. So in a sense, we see the things happening in the world that are uncomfortable, that are kind of crazy and, and we understand that things are going according to plan, right? Basically, God is in control. Nothing's happening that he doesn't know is happening and it's all working toward his ultimate good plan which is going to culminate with Jesus coming back. Which is what we we're just singing about, and we're looking forward to. All right, now, nevertheless, it's very important for us to take the time, as we've come through this year, another year, and we're all we're all here, we're alive and well. You know, we the Lord's provided for us for another year, as otherwise we wouldn't be here. Some of us got the crazy COVID thing, and we survived. You know, we're still here, and 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 so it's important to acknowledge. Those things, God's faithfulness, God's goodness, God keeping all his promises so that when we face the hard things that this year is going to bring, we have the faith to endure and persevere those things based off of him being nothing but faithful up to this point. Does that make sense? Something I say often is his past faithfulness demands your present trust. But if you're anything like me, I can be very forgetful in the midst of hard things of god's faithfulness of his past faithfulness so we need to be intentional about remembering that in our lives and we see lots of examples of that in scripture we see god tell us to do that like i was just talking about that recently in philippians philippians 4 it talks about praying but it, it says instead of worrying we should pray i'm paraphrasing but instead of worrying we should pray with thanksgiving part of praying is acknowledging, God, you've been good. You've been faithful. You came through for me this time. You came through for me that time. Because it reminds us that God is going to come through in the present. We need to remind ourselves of that. And so in today's text, we're going to see a great example, God's people doing this very thing, taking the time to remember God's past faithfulness in their lives. And if it sounds familiar to you, it, it, it should, if you've been going to the church for a year, because we started this last year where we... Going into the new year took a day to intentionally remember God's faithfulness in the past year. We called it a day of remembrance where basically we just, like I said, we're intentional about just setting aside time to think, to meditate, to ponder on God's goodness in the previous year. So we could carry that into the present year and have faith, all right? And so if it is repetitive to you, well, they say repetition is the key to learning And I know that 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 is definitely for me. And like I said, this is something that I constantly have to do, not just one time a year. I'm training myself to do this so that my focus is in the right place when I'm going through those adverse situations in life. So we're going to be in Joshua 4. And where we're at in the nation of Israel's history at this point, if you aren't familiar, is that there's been a transition in the leadership, which is kind of a big deal. God, God... Led his people up to uh, a certain point with a man named Moses. And then he transitioned that leadership over to Joshua. Okay. And after wandering in the desert for 40 years for their lack of faith. Basically, God told them, go into the promised land. This land that is going to be great. It's going to have all your needs provided for. I'm going to give you victory over all the people in it. It's yours to take because I'm giving it to you. They lacked the faith of doing that because they saw the adversity in front of them. They went into it, saw these giant people, and they're like, "There's no way we can we can take this land." And God's like, "Even though God had told them it's yours, but they lacked the faith to persevere or endure, and so they had to wander in the the wilderness. They had to wander in this this season of of really hard things. But the whole time they were out there, God was allowing these hard things to happen in their lives so that they could see him constantly come through with them so that he could produce the faith in them that they'd be ready to go into that promised land when the second time came around and that's what's happening here. He tells Joshua, now's the time and I've already given this to you. I'm going to go into this land with you and as long as you guys are clinging to me, staying close to me and you're following my word, you're going to experience success and victory everywhere you go, and the people, they're obedient this time around. They've learned to have faith after seeing God come through for them for 40 years in the wilderness, and they listen, and they follow Joshua in. And God makes it really apparent right from the beginning that it's God doing this work because they're, they're, they need to cross the Jordan River, which is kind of a border on this land that God was giving them. And God sends the priests out in front of everyone with the Ark of the Covenant, which is where God's presence was supposed to reside. And the water miraculously parts, just like it did at the Red Sea. If you've ever been to Israel, the Jordan River isn't necessarily a spectacular huge river, but still nonetheless, it'd be pretty crazy to see the waters part and the people are able to cross. And that's where we're going to pick up. And this is really fitting the story because this is like a major transition period in their lives. They're transitioning from the wilderness to the promised land. And I don't know about you, but whenever I go into a new year, it feels like a transition period, right? It's like... We're kind of coming out of a year of, you know, whatever happened in our lives, and we're going to this new year. Like I said at the beginning of the service, sometimes we make resolutions. Sometimes it's just like, I wonder what the Lord's going to do this year. So it's kind of a fitting story here. It's always moving forward with the Lord, or at least that's, we want to move forward with the Lord. We don't look back. We learn from the past, but we don't cling to it. We, we, it's always onward and upward with Jesus. There is a work he's doing in you that he has promised to finish and it's always kind of moving in the upward direction. Amen. Important thing is we hold on to him for the ride. Okay. And let him kind of lead us into this next year. And so let me go ahead and pray and then I'll, I'll get into this, this section we're in. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, again, thank you so much for your word. We thank you that it's, it's got power, Lord, to change us for the better, to give us wisdom when we lack it, to change us to get rid of those things that aren't good for us and then reveal those things when we don't even know they're there and to tell us the things that are good for us. Lord, it's like a sword. That's how you describe it. It cuts right through the deceptions of the enemy so we can know truth and we know that everything that's said is is, is good and true. And so Lord, we wanna listen to it. We know it's all applicable to us. These stories that we see or these historical accounts of what happened in your people's lives thousands of years ago are just as applicable to us because we go through the same things they do and we have to learn the same lessons so we want to pay attention and learn from this great example of remembering your faithfulness in our lives so speak to each of us now however we need to hear from you in jesus name amen so it says in verse 1 joshua 4 starting in verse 1 when all the nation had finished passing over the jordan The Lord said to Joshua, take 12 men from the people from each tribe, a man, and command them saying, take 12 stones from here out of the midst of the Jordan from the very place where the priest's feet stood firmly and bring them over with you and lay them down in the place where you lodge tonight. And then Joshua called the 12 men from the people of Israel, whom he had appointed a man from each tribe. And Joshua said to them, pass on before the ark of the Lord, your God into the midst of the Jordan, and take up each of you a stone upon his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the people of Israel, that this may be a sign among you. And when your children ask in time to come, what do those stones mean to you? Then you should tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord when it passed over the Jordan. The waters of the Jordan were cut off So these stones shall be uh, to the people of Israel a memorial forever. So God tells Joshua, have a person from each of the 12 tribes grab a stone from the midst of the river that had parted to act as a memorial or or something basically to think and remember this great work of the Lord. He didn't want them to forget this, this, this moment of miraculous faithfulness where he parted the water So that they could enter into this promised land that he had promised them. And it goes on in verse 8. And it says, And the people of Israel did just as Joshua commanded. Took up the twelve stones out of the midst of the Jordan. According to the number of the tribes of the people of Israel. Just as the Lord told Joshua. And they carried them over with them to the place where they lodged and laid them down there. And Joshua set up twelve stones in the midst of Jordan. These are separate stones he set up in the place where the feet of the priest bearing the Ark of the Covenant has stood. And they are there to this day. For the priest bearing the Ark stood in the midst of the Jordan until everything was finished that the Lord commanded Joshua to tell the people according to all that Joshua had commanded, uh, or Moses had commanded Joshua. So the people obey the Lord here. They do just as they're told. They grab these stones. They bring them to where they're camping. And then Joshua Also grabs some stones and sets up a memorial in the middle of this river that God had parted for them the cross. And it goes on to say the people passed over in haste. And when all the people had finished passing over, the ark of the Lord and the priest passed over before the people. The sons of Reuben and the sons of Gad and the half tribe of Manasseh passed over armed before the people of Israel as Moses had told them. About 40,000 ready for war passed over before the Lord for battle to the plains of Jericho. On that day, the Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of all Israel, and they stood in awe of him just as they stood in awe of Moses all the days of his life. And the Lord said to Joshua, command the priest bearing the ark of the testimony to come up out of the Jordan. So Joshua commanded the priest, come up out of the Jordan. And when the priest bearing the ark of the covenant of the Lord came from the midst of the Jordan, the soles of the priest's feet were lifted up on dry ground And the waters of the Jordan returned to their place and overflowed all its banks as before. So after God's people safely pass into the promised land, the water goes back to normal. And it goes on in verse 19. It says the people came up out of the Jordan on the 10th day of the first uh, first month. And they camped at uh, Gilgal on the east border of Jericho. And those 12 stones which they took out of the Jordan, Joshua set up at Gilgal that you may fear the Lord your God forever. So Joshua reiterates the purpose of this memorial being that God's people would remember how God miraculously brought them into this promised land so that in the future, they never forget how great and mighty he was and basically continue to put their trust and faith in him no matter what was going on in their lives. And that not only they could know that, that all people could know that. Amen? Amen. All right, so... Like I said in the beginning, this is a great example that is helpful to us, applicable to us, not just to them, but applicable to us in that it helps us deal with what I like to call spiritual forgetfulness or spiritual amnesia. Or that is my tendency to forget God's goodness, God's faithfulness, God's keeping his word in past adversity, when I'm in present adversity, or when things don't appear to be going the way I want, where I just I I only see the worst or whatnot. I, I, I have this tendency to forget that God has been good so many times before in past instances where I felt the same way. And this example consists of three main things that we're to do, just as these people, we see these people do, that are helpful in combating that spiritual forgetfulness. And those are to think, Think and tell of all the Lord has done for us. Okay? If you're a note taker or just in your mind, just three things, three T's. Think, thank and tell. Number one, think of all the Lord has done for you. Or I need to intentionally take the time to think about or remember the specific instances or stones of God's faithfulness in my life, just like we see the people do here. Otherwise, my tendency is, Just to forget about them. Especially in the midst of adversity. Because inevitably my focus wants to go to that thing that is happening that I don't understand. Or all of the what ifs usually going to the worst case scenarios of how things are going to work out. If they keep going down that path. And away from the fact that God has promised to be good. That God has been nothing but good. That God has handled so many similar situations in the past. All right. And I do that. I remember those past instances of God's faithfulness because, as I said at the beginning, that past faithfulness is what is going to help me have a present trust. And I got to teach myself to do this because if I teach myself to do this, inevitably, whenever things get hard, eventually I will learn this is what I need to do. I need to dwell on God's past faithfulness. How many of you guys, like, let me give you an example. Um, We have a a sink in our bathroom that is missing the kind of trap drain thing that goes up and down. You know, whatever it's called. I'm not a handy person. Um, But having said that, um, uh, occasionally, since that's not there, it does prove to um, be beneficial in addition to just holding water in the sink in that it prevents things from falling down the sink. And so the other day, something happened to me that's happened to us a couple of times, where I was messing with my electric shaver, and the top fell off and went down the drain. Now, in previous times, first time especially, when I had to dis or unhook the trap underneath, I think that's what it's called. In um, me not being the handyman person I was, there was a whole lot of uh, uh, just aggression and 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 in patience. And in frustration because I wasn't using the right tools and 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 just wasn't coming undone. But having said that, after doing it several times, now I know exactly how to do it. I know exactly the right tool, and 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 it just it it made a, a a more a more enjoyable uh process than than it was the first couple times, right? But because I knew what to do, I knew how to handle the adversity. I knew how to handle the situation in the same way. When we remember that the first thing I should do when I am facing something hard is to remember that God's been good so many times before in hard things, it helps us handle that situation better the way God would want us to, right? Where we can still have peace, even though things seem hard, you know? A peace that he promises isn't just disp- depending on things working out your way that we talked about for Christmas, right? And a joy. That, that's how we get there. We, we, we think of all the Lord has done for us first, all right? And then we, number two, we thank him for all he's done, all right? After I think or remember the specific instances of God's faithfulness, it's only fitting for me to thank him for his goodness, right? It's the same thing you try to teach your kids all the time. When somebody does something good to them or blesses them, you know, what do we tell them? Hey, say thank you, because that's the polite thing to do, to acknowledge that somebody's been good to you, right? So that's our natural response to god's goodness in our lives praise and worship all right and this is what the israelites were doing in setting up a memorial in joshua 4 or a place of worship to remember what the lord did for them and so too with us we think and remember the faithfulness of the lord in our lives and we take the time to thank him for the good things he's done in our life and what happens is when we do that it can change your attitude that In adversity can often be kind of despair or anxiety, but now that you've thought of God's past faithfulness and now you're thanking him, it changes that despair and anxiety to an attitude of joy and praise and worship. Because nobody likes to be anxious. Nobody likes to have anxiety. And in Christ, we don't have to be. That's something that he is constantly teaching us. No, 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 you can have joy. You can have a heart of thanks. You can have a heart of praise. That's that's a much better thing to have. Would you guys agree? And so that's where we want to be. So we think about his faithfulness and then we thank him for that faithfulness. And then last but not least, we tell of all the Lord has done for us to other people. All right. I think about his faithfulness. I thank him for it. And then I tell others about it just as Joshua told the people to do in verses 21 through 22. The reason we're doing this is so that you remember, you think, and then you thank. That's that you come to this memorial to thank, to worship God. And then you tell others when your kids ask, What's this for? Tell them of God's goodness, tell them of his past faithfulness, tell them of how he came through with us, all right? Um, Verse 23 says to all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty and that they may fear the Lord your God forever. So telling others your testimony of God's working in your life does two things. Number one, it allows him to be glorified or show himself to others is basically they hear you talk about him in such a way that there's no denying how real he is and how good he is. How many of you guys were here for Emily's testimony like at the beginning of December, right? Now, when you hear somebody give a testimony of how real God's been in their life, especially when they've been through a lot of adversity and they're like telling you Bible truths about how real God was and how he, he spoke to them and what he taught him in that, that's powerful, all right? Because that's not the normal way to react in adversity, sit there and say God is good. But when somebody experiences that and shares that with you, it shows how real he is. Whether you're a believer or not, I mean, it, it, it speaks to them. God uses that to glorify himself, All right, So that's one reason that we share. But then the other thing is it helps you fear or remain in awe of God in your life as well. Telling your testimony isn't just for others' benefits. The Holy Spirit has a way of ministering to you and reminding you of how great God has been in leaving you in this place of awe. You, when we see that in the Bible, like talking about having the fear of the Lord, that's what it looks like. People sometimes wonder why I get so emotional when I share things up here sometimes. Like especially testimonies about my past. That's Why? Because it, it's the Lord just reminding me, oh, I can't believe how good God has been to me, what He's done in my life, and it overwhelms me with awe and emotion, like like a, a, a good emotion, like a, a heart of thankfulness and praise. Just knowing I'm not worthy of any of it, but God's done it. That's that's having a fear of the Lord, and that's what sharing about the things He's done in a life. That's 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 what it does. Amen. All right, so we're going to practice what we preach. We're going to spend a chunk of the remaining time here hearing people share about what God has been teaching them or or the the past faithfulness of God in their lives over this present year. We're going to follow what the psalmist says in Psalm 4010. He says, I have not kept the good news of your justice hidden in my heart. I have talked about your faithfulness and saving power. I have told everyone in the great assembly of your unfailing love and faithfulness. So we have a great assembly here today of God's people, and we're going to give people the opportunity to share. So I'm going to have Alicia come up here first, and she's going to share what the Lord put on her uh, in this last year.
1: So I've, done enough, I've done enough thinking this week. <laughs> this time around is a little easier <laughs> than the last time, so praise the Lord. I'm going to start by praying. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are the source for where all things come from. Thank you for working in the lives of all your people. Thank you for this opportunity to get to share uh, your goodness and your, your light to all those who are watching and are here today. So work in hearts and, and be with me, Lord, as I speak. In your name we pray. Amen. So faithful was the word that I wrote on my rock last year. And along with Psalm 57, two through three, I cry out to God, most high to God, who will fulfill his purpose for me. He will send help from heaven to rescue me, disgracing those who hound me. My God will send forth his unfailing love and faithfulness. God completes his plans as promised. Oh, Lord. You are my God, and I will exalt you and praise your name, for in perfect faithfulness you have done marvelous things, planned things planned long ago. Isaiah twenty five one. So this past year has been about refining my character, um, along with learning to have faith and to trust Jesus in all seasons of life, and it made me think of the. Passages. I think there's like 15 in the Bible that talk about the refining of gold and how the impurities rise to the top. And that's what he does with us. Um, and we're all imperfect people. So I'm thankful for that. Um, it's challenging, but um, I don't have it all together. And... For figuring it out. I thank everyone here in our church for um a lot of you have spoken into my life. Um I got to think about that and marvel at all the the blessings that come from above. It's amazing. Um there's still much to learn uh, as we navigate a new year. Happy New Year. Uh one of homeschooling uh now our almost eight-year-old son, while well, Katriana has been home the last couple of years completing her curriculum through the Astoria Choice program. Uh, we are adding an addition to our family. If you didn't already know, we are expecting. <clears throat> Praise be to God. Uh in April, actually due on my husband's birthday. Yeah. Uh, the most recent tug is to be in God's word together as a family and to manage our household as it feels a bit out of sorts, especially with a baby on the way, to add to the equation. We are a work in progress. So don't think that we have um, any of this is out of our own merit. 2 Corinthians 4.7 We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. On February twenty seventh, 2020... I prayed and asked if I had room to love and care for a puppy. The answer came when our neighbors had later bred their golden retriever, Rosie, who gave birth to ten puppies, Radley being seven or eight of the almost all girls litter. We got to bring her home right after the marriage retreat last year to have found out she was born on the same exact day I terminated my pregnancy back in 2009. So November 24th is her birthday. God's redemption plan is what a certain somebody close to me once said when I shared with her. This too became a perfect opportunity to share with our Mormon neighbors who sold us our now one-year-old ball of fur <laughs> about the overcoming power of our great and glorious Savior, Jesus Christ. Ephesians 3, 19 through 20. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. I don't like public speaking in case, (laughs) in case you were wondering why you never see me up here on stage, but I'm getting a little better. Uh, serving in good news club i'm up here with kids so Uh, one area i really wanted to hit on is how over a period of time the lord was teaching me to honor the sabbath day of rest exodus 20. remember the sabbath day by keeping it holy for good reasons too as it prepared me ahead of time for decisions that were upcoming at the time i was serving in a few different ministries Good News Club, Coast Pregnancy Clinic, and Young Life. Shout out. <laughs> These are all wonderful blessings. I enjoyed being a part of each one for many reasons. However, it was not in the future plans for me to continue as God was calling me to homeschool. After a successful year with the high school Young Lifers, I willingly stepped down, knowing full well that it was the right choice being that it all of a sudden started conflicting with both Catriona and I's schedule and what was arranged according to God's will. Through obeying all those commands not to make commitments on Sunday, and trust me, there were trials and testings, it seemed like every Sunday something was clamoring for my attention to try to distract me, the great deceiver. Sometimes I would pray. Other times I would be honest and tell others I was to honor the Lord in this way, as it was something I was being exhorted to do. Sacrificed a lot of Sundays to be with Jesus, but eventually I saw the fruit of abiding. The highlights of serving alongside Young Life was the community and family relations. I really missed that a lot. Catriona and I got to attend summer camp in Antelope, Oregon. Where we got to experience the Lord at work in the lives of young people. The kids I'm talking, um, groups of 40 at a time, would gather despite the mandates here in Little Astoria, where social distancing, distancing restrictions didn't prevent them from being kids, thanks to the open air facility that allowed them the opportunity. Thank you, Jesus matthew eleven twenty nine. take my yoke upon you let me teach you who are weary and carry heavy burdens and i will give you rest thus far most of you are aware as a lot of you have been praying for us the period of waiting we were facing with joe's medical issue my husband related to his job basically he fell short to meet the criteria by failing an eye depth perception test he is an aircraft maintenance technician, aka works on helicopters for the Coast Guard, and part of the requirements is to be certified aircrew, which requires you to have near perfect eyesight. It eventually turned into him having to clear, having to drive clear to Hillsboro every week during the summer while working overnights to attend eye therapy to see if that would help. The whole ordeal lasted a year and a half, which was hard but also rewarding because we would get to share how now he gets to continue his career. Though we didn't get delivered from that until we first stepped out in faith and trusted God with getting pregnant. So here's the scoop. God met me one early morning while I was on my knees before him. I remember the encounter vividly as all my fears dissipated. As excitement replaced all the uncertainty that had been holding, I had been holding on to. We had all these unknowns, so it was important that what I heard was correct, that we were to have a baby, and the name Hezekiah was what stood out to me. God consoled me through his word, as I had a desire in my heart to bear more children, but was not even aware of my feelings due to the hardships that were immobilizing me. I found myself asking, is this a prophecy from the Lord, a foretelling of future events? Either way, I was overcome with joy, and Jesus had my attention as it was a word I needed to hear, otherwise he would not have spoken it. The validation I needed to move forward. I never had any reason to doubt, and after making allowance for Jesus to work in our situation, everything fell into place. First came the news that we were in fact expecting, and then the job security soon after on September 16th. We were able to share this with Joe's family recently while visiting them in Michigan, along with another affirmation from the Lord that our vacation to Kentucky was all orchestrated by God through faith in him. I don't have time to elaborate, though it is one worth betting on. Derby at Churchill Downs. For we walk by faith, not by sight. 2 Corinthians 5-7. What a remarkable king we have to meet us right where we are, when we need him most. Full assurance that he is in control and holds us in his hand. Which brings me to a specific word, which was laid on my mind this week as I was preparing to give a testimony of all God's goodness. The word consecrate. Hebrew original of the word consecrate, referring to the ordination of priests in Old Testament times, literally means to fill the hand, to unite by force with the sacred. Consecrated is a voluntary act of committing oneself to worship, prayer, and service to God. Dedicate and devote. John the Baptist lived a consecrated life. Daniel, Moses, Paul, Joseph, and so on. How much more does the Lord of all creation expect us to live consecrated lives? To be living, loving sacrifice as Jesus himself involuntarily did for us. Matthew twenty-two thirty-four through 39. Religious leaders questioned Jesus about the greatest commandment. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees with his reply, they met together to question him. One of them, an expert in religious law, tried to trap him with this question. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. There is so much more that I could go on about. Katriana got to attend a pro-life conference this summer. Rowan got to go to two camps, Camp Kowanalong and church camp, which he still talks about to this day. He's already planning for next year's. So I will end it on Matthew five sixteen. 16. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father.
0: Amen. Amen. Thank you. Can we have Jody come up? Not this Jody. You were scared there for a second, weren't you?
2: Well, I've had an amazing year, actually. 2021 was fabulous. Um, God exceeded everything that I had set goals for. So the scripture that I want to read is a scripture that I have you know, I've always had this scripture. I love it. It's painted in my house. I have it everywhere. But when it actually drops into your spirit, you know, that's, we can read scripture all we want. We can read, we know scripture our whole life, but when it drops into your spirit and you say, yes, this is what God's talking about in my life. This scripture has always been my scripture. And I thought I knew it inside and out. I, uh, I was saved at seven at a church camp, um, Assembly God Church Camp. I got baptized and came out of the water praying in tongues. And God knew that that would be the thing that I had to have to be able to get through life. Because I did not have a good life. I had nothing but terror and agony from the age of 11 to 16 was, was unbelievable. So through that time, God used his holy spirit to get me through all those things and in this scripture everybody knows this scripture jeremiah 29 11, but it's not verse 11 that moves me for i know and i do read in the amplified so that's the bible i study out of for i know the plans and the thoughts that i have for you says the lord plans for peace and well-being and not for disaster to give you a future and hope then we go to 12 and this 12 and 13 is what moves me then you will call on me and you will come and pray to me and I will hear you your voice and you will listen and I will listen to you then with a deep longing you will seek me and require me as a vital necessity and you will find me when you search for me with all your heart. That's key to me in life, in everything. I am an extreme extrovert. I like to go fast and crazy. And sleep is like a waste of time in my world. You know, it's like if I get four hours a night, I'm good. But, you know, I'm always seeking something to give me joy, something to give me excitement. I was a bull rider, a saddle bronc rider. I raced chariots. You know, all those things was always, it's always what I, I seek to, to, you know, find something else, the next thing to conquer, the next challenge I have. So seeking the Lord, you know, even when I was young, that was the key to everything, you know, just really needing him. And and for someone like me that it goes all the time, I, I'm not one of those people that just you know, sit down and meditate and relax. You know, I'm praying while I'm doing everything, you know, as I'm driving, as I'm working, as I'm anything. That's what I do. I And I feel like, you know, that's where we forget. Sometimes we think that we just have to have this special time, which I do. I make myself get up and do that because I need it to spend time with the Lord quietly. And my husband sometimes comes down and wants to chat and visit and spend time with me. And I'm kind of like, um, I'm trying to spend time with God right now, (laughs) which is wonderful when he comes down. I love that about him. He wants to spend time with me. And that's how we need to be with God. You know, we should want to spend time with him all the time. So... You know, this, this couple days ago, Pastor Chris, um, I had posted something on our, our worship, uh, it's a group meet chat that we have. And that morning, I was sitting there and I was thinking, you know, I've had this great year. It's been a fabulous year. I've exceeded everything that I want to do. And yet, where is my joy? You know, and, I'm a big person on joy. You know, I don't care what's happening. I try to be positive. I try to be happy. Because if the word in Nehemiah 8 says the joy of the Lord is our strength, then why should we doubt that? And believe me, I've gone through some hell in life. And losing my husband, Jesse, of 30 years, those of you who know me was probably the worst thing I've ever gone through in my life. And I've gone through some other things that were pretty bad, but that crushed me, unlike anything that's ever happened. Um, So getting through that, it's like, all right, Jody, here you are. What are you made of? Do you really believe the Word of God? Do you really believe what the Word says? And there were days that I had to pull myself out of bed and just sit there and quote the word to myself over and over and over to get myself to work, to do anything. I didn't have joy. I just asked God, could you just take me? Please just take me so I don't have to be here anymore. But I, that's not God's plan, you know, and he had better things to come. So, you know, whatever you're walking through, whatever is going on in your life, You know, there's, there's tough things that happen in life, but if we persevere, if we just get a hold of the word and we do what this says with a deep longing, seek the Lord as a vital necessity, that is such an important phrase to me because everything I do, I treat it like that because I'm an intense person. It's like, this is vital that this happens, you know, and, With vital necessity, seek the Lord, you know, in everything you do. It doesn't matter. God doesn't care how little your problem is, how big your problem is, what you've walked through. Maybe you had a good life. Maybe you didn't. But you know what? It doesn't matter. It's in the past. And I encourage you. I have a book. I have lots of books. And these books are books that I have written and they're called my book of miracles. Because through my life, I write down every little thing that God does, whether it's big, small, whatever it is. You know, my, my son one time when he was little cut his chin off on a piece of sheet metal. And I'm looking at him. I slap his chin back on. I jump in the car, I go to the the emergency room, I get it fixed and I'm telling him you're awesome. This is going to be such a cool scar. You know, this is great. Internally I wanted I was like, "Oh my gosh, I can see his artery." You know, and they said, you know, he was within an inch of dying, you know, and there's been so many amazing things that God's done in my life, pulling me out of hell. ...and pulling me up, you know? And so I didn't party. I was not a partier. I have never done a single drug in my life. But there's many things that I have done. And when I moved out at 14, I got legally emancipated... moved out, lived on my own, took care of myself. I always wanted to be in control. So control is one of my issues. You know, being in control of every situation. I don't like things to not be planned out and as pastor was talking this morning you know about missing that that once you start something you know that gives me like hmm, no i will go back and i'll read it a whole bunch of times you know to make up for it like a little pharisee and you know so (laughs) we have to remember that you know god that's not what god's about he wants our heart he wants us you know to to seek him and desire him with our whole hearts and Without the Lord in my life, I would have never made it through life in general. And, you know, God has blessed me now with my husband, Doug. You know, even when I thought I wanted to die and not be here, God's like, I have something else for you. And so I have this amazing husband who loves the Lord, who is my soulmate for this portion of my life. I get to have two perfect men in one life. How good is God, you know? So what I was, when I posted this um, the other morning, what, what I was saying, I was thinking, you know, as this high energy person and going all the time, I love to go shopping. I love to work. I love to go on trips. I just love to do these things. I find such enjoyment in it. And this last year, I felt like I don't have that enjoyment. You know, it's like the things that I loved, redecorating my house. I'll change my house out three or four times a year, you know, just because I get bored with stuff. So I just was not finding the joy in life anymore. It's like, I mean, I was happy, but it was like these things, you know, what am I going to do this next year? The, the, that's what I was thinking about. What am I going to do? How, you know, am I going to go this place, this trip or what? And... I was struggling with that because none of these things were making me happy. Um, and I, so I, I talked to God just cause I'm driving or whatever I'm doing and I'm talking to God. And I'm like, what am I going to, what do you got for me this year? You know, I'm just bored. You know, nothing's making me happy. And, you know, God just showed me that it's Him. I need to be filled with more of Him. And, you know, growing up a Christian, knowing God my whole life, at 55, God's saying, you need more of me. You know, these things are not bad things, but those are not what brings us the the enjoyment in life and the peace and the fulfillment that we're all looking for, for some kind of fulfillment in our life. And the things of this world are just here. They're fun. But those are not how we get fulfilled. Those are not enjoyment. So as I was reading that, you know, I'm looking at this scripture. And God took me back to that scripture. And He, in that scripture, you know, he takes me back to, is he a vital necessity in my walk, in my everyday, in everything that I do? He should be a vital necessity in my work. In my travel, in my plans, in my marriage, in my relationship with my friends and people. And I think sometimes we forget that. No matter how much we know the scripture, we can forget what that scripture truly means to us, you know, and and how we should walk in it. So, you know, I encourage you all that, you know, God is so good and he wants us to have these amazing lives he does and we're going to go through hell sometimes it's not going to be pleasant it's not going to be fun but we can get through these times with joy the joy of the lord is our strength and he has never left us he has never forsaken us he is always there waiting as a lifeline even though we're struggling and going through things he's there waiting for us to say i'm here i have something for you i know the plans and thoughts i have for you says the lord i mean how much joy is that to think about god says i know the plans and thoughts that i have for you each one of you each one of us he has those and it's a plan for peace and well-being and not for disaster so How confident can we be if that's what the Lord says to us? How can we not just walk in just, we should be humming, you know, that we're so excited about the fact that that's what God says to us. But it also says that we need to pray and hear his voice. And sometimes he speaks to us in a tiny, tiny voice, This, this voice that we just are like, what? you know, and it drops in our spirit and it's his word. And we go, yeah, that's it. It's your word, your word. This is what I need. This is what I cling to. So I encourage you write down your miracles, start a book, you know, write everything down from the tiniest thing to the biggest thing, what God has done in your life and what he's going to keep doing. And when you do that and you're struggling with something, you look back. I I look back on things that God's done in my life 30 years ago or more and go, oh, my gosh, you you always are faithful. You are always faithful to me, God. Forgive me for being a whiner, you know, because sometimes we tend to just whine. Oh, everything sucks. You know, I just hate it. And it's like God's just there with so many miracles. So I encourage you this year, you know, set goals. Do it, you know. If you fail, you fail, whatever. But put God in every goal that you have. Put God in everything that you do. Because he says your plans are going to succeed. Because you're putting him first. So whatever it is, and he might change them a little. Because... One time, Pastor Jason. I'll just share this, and I'll be done. Pastor Jason. One time, <laughs> I was telling him, I've got these lists. I've got these four different plans, and I had them written down on paper. And I told him, these are my plans. You know, this is what I'm going to do. And he's listening to me. You know, and yeah, cool. Yeah, right on. And then he says, "Can I see those?" And I said, "Yeah." And he takes them and he rips them up. <laughs> I'm like, "What are you doing? You know, what? What the heck?" And he goes. Have you submitted any of these plans of yours to God? I said, well, I've given him A, B, C, and D. You know, he can pick one. <laughs> you see, and that's, that's not who God is. We can write the vision down and make it plain. He says do that. Write it down. Have dreams and visions and goals, but give them to the Lord. Submit those things to the Lord, and he will pick the best thing for your life. And it might not be anything you wrote down. <laughs> Nothing. But you know what? Come to him with an open heart. 2022 can be, you know, our best year yet. That's what I'm praying. God, I thank you that this next year is going to be my best year yet. And that awesome things are going to happen. And I have the peace to know that you go before me. You fight every battle for me. I love that about God. He says he goes before us and fights battles for us. So... Take this next year. Put God number one. Let him be first in your life and know that he's got your back more than anyone else will ever have it. And he will see you succeed in your life. All right. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you, Jody. I think we got time for one short, uh, quick testimony with Peggy. You're it. At- so we're hoping I wasn't going to remember, huh? <laughs> we're out of time. These are testimonies the Lord actually brought to me after only having one person volunteer when I was asking for volunteers. So I, I want to make sure they all get a chance to share because I'm seeing a theme the Holy Spirit's weaving. So yeah.
3: That really does help having these lights. I don't see anybody. <laughs> um, so my word for last year was worship. As uh, this last week... As I was kneeling to pray, and I was going over my time with the Lord, my little sweet time with the Lord. And he started showing me um, just some of the ways that I have worshipped him. And I love my mornings now that I'm retired because I have all the time in the world for him. And so I saw myself and I'm kneeling. I always when I'm when I'm with the Lord I see it. I don't see his face, but I see him. I feel him. And I'm on his his left side and I'm at his at his foot and I'm at his sometimes he lets me put my head on his knee and and we talk. I love it. It's a great time. Sometimes I find myself saying, God, I just, I just don't want to miss you. I want to go everywhere you are. I'm going to, let me stand beside you. Let me stand here. I'll hold on to your cloak. If you turn to the right, I'll go to the right. If you go to the left, I just want to be with you. And sometimes when I'm on that, his side, he has to put his arm around me and give me extra love. And sometimes I find myself anxious and I find myself literally scrambling behind him, hiding behind him putting my head in his shoulder and kind of peeking out saying, you're going to do the fighting for me, you know. And so I just, I was just reveling in this beauty of being able to just know him and see him in in worship. And the next morning, my uh, reading was um, Mark 15. And the story of how they, Jesus was, taken by you know he, by the, the priests and everything and they and, and he was accused of every sin there ever could be he didn't do it he was um ridiculed he was mocked he was laughed at he was beat up he was hit and through this it says that when the priest when they were questioning him he wouldn't answer he he did, he didn't try to defend himself but when he got to the cross, it says that he cried out in agony and said, Father, why have you forsaken me? And when he said that, the Lord said to me, and he revealed to me that it's because my sin was on him at the, on that cross. And God can't look at sin, so he couldn't look at his son because he had my sin. And then the Lord really showed me that if he hadn't done that, if Jesus hadn't done that, that today I would be crying out in agony because I would be forsaken by our Father. So my word is is this sweet spot. And the Lord also showed me that every time I imagine myself with him, he not only took my sin, he lets me kneel at his left side. And I said, why? And he said, because the scripture says that, the, that the, Jesus is sitting at the right hand of God. And he says, because that's where you'll be between me and the Father. That's the sweet spot. And he said, tell them. Tell them that this year, no matter what we go through, what we do, we have a sweet spot because Jesus died on the cross for us. It's between him and the Father. And it's a beautiful, wonderful place.
0: Thank you so much, Peggy. I'm going to have Beth come up here and the rest of the worship team because we've got something special we're going to end on, but I just want to, I don't know if you guys picked up on it, but as I was listening, I was just, I was hearing from the Lord myself, something he was speaking to me, and I think it was for us as a church, but, you know, through what Alicia was sharing, lots of good stuff, but the word that resonated with me was consecrate or devote yourselves to the Lord. And then the word through Jody was, seek the Lord is a vital necessity, And then through Peggy, it was being the sweet spot with the Lord. And I couldn't help but think how these things are all tied together. When we consecrate, we devote ourselves to the Lord. In essence, what we're doing is is we're setting him at the pinnacle of our lives so that he is the vital necessity over everything else. And when we do that, that will lead to you being in that sweet spot with him in between him and the father. And I think that's a word for the church that's going forward in this year. To an even greater degree, no matter how long we've been believers, there's parts of us we can devote to the Lord to an even greater degree. We can consecrate. So what are those things we need to consecrate to God? What What are those things that we need to look at him as like a vital necessity because we're looking in the wrong place? We should be looking to him and the benefit is we will experience that relationship within that sweet spot like we've never had before. Amen? So we're going to spend a couple songs. We're running a little late here, but I, I, I don't want to kill what the Holy Spirit's trying to do. And so, um, you know, we're going to spend a couple songs in just response. Beth is going to play. You can worship as you feel led. But what I would encourage you to do, too, is just ponder what the Lord has done in this last year in your life. And as the Lord brings the remembrance, those things that where he was faithful or those instances of his goodness, those promises that he's kept, we've got stones up here just like they did in Joshua 4. And they're for you to basically uh, take a marker, write just a word, maybe a short sentence, a phrase that's reflective of that that thing that the Lord is bringing to your attention that you want to acknowledge, that you want to think and thank him for. And in a sense, writing it on the stone is is, is telling everyone else about it. And on your way out, we have a little pile from last year out there in the planner that's right along the road. A pile of stones that were memorial stones from people last year of his faithfulness. And they're set out there so that every time we drive into this church, as that pile grows, we see that. And it's our reminder of God's past faithfulness. So that no matter what's going on in our lives, we're reminded that, man, he's been nothing but good. He's been nothing but faithful. He'll continue. And it allows us to live in that that present trust, that present faith, where we can experience that joy and that peace. Amen? So as you feel led, you can come up here at any time. Just grab a stone. You can write on it. If you want to bring it home with you, you can do that at a later time. But, And I encourage you guys to add to that pile out there. Amen? All right. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for these words of encouragement, just these testimonies of what you've been teaching and what you've been doing in our sisters' lives. Father, such a good reminder, we we do want to consecrate. We want to devote every single part of ourselves to you. We want to seek you as a necessity. You are the necessity above all necessities. Whatever we think we need, we know that time and time again it proves we need you most. And we want to be in that sweet spot. You saved us to be with you. We don't want to miss out on that. We know that in your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. That's what your word says and that what that's what we've come to know. So we want to stay in that place. Be with us in this time, Lord. Be ministering right now to your people and reminding them of how you've met them in this last year. So they can hold on to that and thank you for it and take it with them forward as a memorial so when they have those hard things that come up inevitably that you said we face in this world, they can endure in faith and persevere knowing that you're going to be faithful just like you always have been. In Jesus' name, amen.